raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. You're listening to The Ram Report, a podcast about all things VCU basketball. Brought to you by WVCW Radio and the Commonwealth Times, and in partnership with the ESPN Richmond Radio. The Ram Report is hosted by Ben Malakoff and Noah Fleischman. Now, here are your hosts, Ben and Noah. Welcome to the Ram Report, the first episode of the 2020-2021 season. I'm Noah Fleischman alongside Ben Malakoff, and Ben, it's been a while. It has been a while, Noah. Man, it feels like forever since we've been in Brooklyn. I mean, what a crazy experience that was. And we haven't had college basketball in what, over 250 days? What was that The tweet I saw you send out earlier? Um, it has been so long since it feels like we have even witnessed anything related. The closest thing we got was that black and gold game. And still, you know, that, that's not enough. We're finally, we finally made it to the first day of the season. We're finally here. Yeah, it's been 258 days since VCU and UMass took the floor in Brooklyn, and we all know what happened there when they got pulled off just before the National Anthem and the coronavirus pandemic really took took on, and we ended up having school canceled and then ended up having remote schooling the rest of the year last season. And now, Ben, we come into this 2020-2021 season, Benjamin, and it's been a season that's been crazy already. I mean, two games that they were supposed to play this week against Charlotte and Tennessee on Thursday and Friday, those were canceled. Now they're heading, they're in South Dakota, getting ready for Utah State tonight. Yeah, and I think the big takeaways from that is that the program did make the right decision. They made the right call by canceling the tournament. You know, it's super unfortunate that you're about to play number 12 in the nation for your second game of the season, Tennessee. That would have been a huge game to really, you know, analyze how how this new uh, and young VCU Rams team looks. But unfortunately, a lot of positive tests in the Tennessee program. Rick Barnes, their head coach, was one of them as well. So they made the right decision by canceling the whole tournament and staying in Richmond. Now that same day, that same day with other teams dropping out, like Coach Rhodes tweeted how Jimmy Martelli is a savage, Jimmy Martelli goes in and schedules this tournament in South Dakota with some big name teams and has a lot for VCU fans to be excited for. Yeah, this is a team, this is a, a tournament that was supposed to happen in the Bahamas. VCU is scheduled to play in this same tournament next year, but the, not in South Dakota, but in the nice, sunny, and warm Bahamas. But this is a tournament that you've got Memphis, who had James Wiseman get picked in the top five um, in the NBA draft. You've got St. Mary's of California, Northern Iowa, Western Kentucky, West Virginia, who's ranked number 15 in the country right now, South Dakota, um, Utah State, and then, of course, VCU taking the spot of Wichita State. So they play tonight at 9.30 Eastern. But, Ben, this is a tournament that's got a lot of solid competition, and VCU could play a number 15 team in the country if both teams get a win or if both teams lose their first game. Yeah, and you go from potentially facing number 12. You can't do that anymore. That's okay. You just hope that you get good makeup games. And then your first game of the season, instead of instead of that game being against Charlotte, it's now against Utah State. And then your second game of the season, if you win and West Virginia wins, is against number 15 in the nation, West Virginia. That is a, a just a, a huge catch there. I mean, 
This is huge for VCU. If they win both of these games, it's an incredibly fast start to the season. They're going to get a ton of national recognition, maybe even start to receive some votes. I don't want to get too far ahead of myself here, but these are two big name teams, you know, big programs that have very, you know, very talented players, players going to the league, players currently in the league right now. As we saw, Utah State just had Sam Merrill get drafted. Um, so a lot of talent on both of these programs. And now you get to see how VCU looks immediately. And, you know, it is a little bit scary to think about, Noah, because these guys have not, didn't even have an exhibition this year. It, it, it's a very young team, and they have absolutely no practice against any other other squad. Yeah, VCU, a team that's got nine freshmen or sophomores, five sophomores, four freshmen on the team. So it's a young team, only a couple seniors out there, including transfer from Kansas State, Levi Stalker. But, Ben, we'll get on Utah State in a little bit. As we look forward to the rest of the season, I mean, it's the first episode. Let's take a look at what's to come for the Rams this season. They're going to Penn State on December 2nd. They open the season. Then they have their season open, uh, their home opener, excuse me, against Mount St. Mary's on Saturday, December 5th at 2 o'clock. That game on ESPN+. Plus. But, I mean, then they play North Carolina A&T at home as well. Then they host Old Dominion as well. Their little MTE with JMU and George Mason also coming to the Seagull Center before VCU. This long homestand there, that's Mount St. Mary's, North Carolina A&T, Old Dominion, Western Carolina on the 15th, and on December 18th, they play Louisiana before going down to Baton Rouge to play Louisiana State. Yeah, and I'll tell you that I'm really looking forward to on that homestand is that Old Dominion game. That's always a staple for VCU playing ODU, uh, you know, right in Virginia Beach this year. They're coming to Richmond and how, um, you know, ODU will do against these other, uh, you know, like you said, a mini tournament, how they'll do against these other Virginia teams. I'm very excited to see how uh, VCU just kind of plays to these in, to this in-state team right here. And I feel like that will also be um you know, our second really good look at how this team is forming. You're going to go play some bigger teams out in, in South Dakota. Now you come back home and you're on a home stretch. It's a little different. There's only going to be 250 fans, if that, in the stadium. How are you going to play in your first homestand of the season against some in-state rivals? Yeah, well, we'll touch on that homestand when we get to that in the next week. But coming up today against Utah State at 9.30, Ben, this is a Utah State team that's very similar to VCU. Nine newcomers for the Aggies out of the uh, Mountain West Conference. Sam Merrill, as you mentioned, he's gone. Picked by the Bucks in the second round of the NBA draft. The second all-time leading scorer for Utah State. And there, they've got two dudes that really do a lot of damage for the Aggies. And it's seven-footer center, Nemias Keita. He averaged 13 7.8 rebounds, and then he had 1.7 blocks last season. Yeah, Keita is going to be the big problem for VCU uh, in this game. Um, he is their big man, a lot of hype around him. He can get to the rim really easily, almost two blocks a game. I mean, that's just incredible. He is a big presence on the floor and is going to get a bulk of the minutes uh, later tonight as well. Another guy that you're going to have to be a little worried about and put some put a better defender on is Justin Bean. He was originally a walk-on, but he averages just under 12 points a game last season and his rebounding presence once again, 10 and a half rebounds last year. So you have two of your of their best players are really good at getting the boards. They're really good under the hoop. So you're going to have to ask some of your bigger guys to step up in this game. And, you know, not to mention a, you know, just something that might hurt VCU fans. Your best big man has left. 
Uh, Marcus Santos Silva, he's a guy who transferred to Texas Tech, and now you're looking for that replacement in VCU this year. Who is going to be that guy to, you know, get those extra rebounds that Marcus Santos Silva would have got last year and to, you know, play up on these bigger guys? Yeah, VCU losing Marcus Santos Silva hurt a lot. He was a big rebounding presence for the Rams, who actually struggled at rebounding at times last season. Utah State last year rebounded, got set 40.7 boards a game. VCU only 33.5. But VCU is going to have to lean on Levi Stockard and Brandon Medley-Bacon in the paint, along with Corey Douglas, to get the job done there in the paint. So a 7-footer with Nemius Keita on Utah State, and VCU counters that with their own 7-footer, a Brandon Medley-Bacon. But he'll make his VCU debut tonight, along with Levi Stockard, the two transfer big men that Coach Mike Rhodes got in this year. Yeah, it was big that they were able to get those um, those forms to let them play the NCAA approved their you know approved them to you know start the season. They didn't have to redshirt. They immediately transferred, and they immediately are now going to get some playing time for VCU. I think that's huge. Um, you know, especially when you have to look at uh, what you'd be faced with without those guys. So I mean, the younger talent, Hassan Ward. I think he's a guy who has a ton of potential still going into his sophomore season. Um, one of the taller guys on this VCU team but he's still very young. A guy like Stockard, um, he's been, I think it was, was an elite eight, right? Already with Kansas State. A ton of experience with Stockard. So seeing him early on in the season, how he's going to play is going to be big for VCU. Yeah, big paint presence there from Levi Stockard playing in the Big 12 with Kansas State now coming here and has an opportunity to make an impact in the Atlantic 10. But Ben, Utah State and VCU, very similar teams. Last year, Utah State shot 33% from beyond the arc, but they hit 7.33s a game. So they jack a lot of threes. VCU as well, they like to throw up the three. They shot 34% from three last year. The one new thing you want to look at, Ben, 69.6% from the free throw line last year for VCU, something that the Rams struggled with. And now this year, that might be a focus because I heard at practice, Coach Rhodes making them throw free throws. Yeah, I really hope that is a focus. And from just our one look at this team so far, it looks like this is a group of a bunch of sharpshooters, uh, especially with Bones going into his second year. And now you have a newcomer, Ace Baldwin. Um, those guys look like they can hit a shot from about anywhere on the court from what I've seen so far. Now, on your three-point shooting, it was you know, admittedly at times, Noah, ugly to watch. There were some shots that were, you know, you know, pretty horribly placed and just had never any chances of going in. And what really gave me some hope earlier this week was Coach Rhodes saying that he's liking the shot selection more from his guys. Now we hope that will translate into points. It doesn't mean that they're always going to make it, but he is liking the shot selection better from these guys, especially on a younger team. That's what you want to see, that they're making these decisions. And and it's going to take time. You're going to see out in the first game, some freshmen are going to be looking very nervous. Their first college basketball game, they're on national television. This game's on ESPN2. And now they're being faced with a very good basketball team in Utah State. They're probably not going to make the best decisions shooting-wise, but Coach Rhodes says that is something that they have worked on in practice, and he is liking how this team is taking those decisions. Yeah, Coach Rhodes, the coach is not known to, I guess, restrict his players. He'll let them do what they need to do on the court. If they can get back and play defense, that's all he cares about. And defense is going to be a factor in this game. Utah State last year had one of the best defenses in the country, 34th in scoring defense, only allowing 64.1 points a game. And VCU right there behind him, 58th in the country, 65.2 points a game. So it could be a fair, then a game of defenses that lead this way. 
Yeah, once again, a, another big question mark for VCU with this young team. We've seen some of these guys play pretty good defense. Corey Douglas, you know, Bones. Um, but you lose your best defender. You know, Isaac Van, he graduated. He's no longer on this team. Once again, Marcus Santos Silva, he's got no longer on this team. You know, so now who is going to be your biggest defender for VCU? That is something that we really have to look towards because whoever steps up and plays really good defense on guys like Bean or Katos, you're going to see them start to get a lot more playing time. They're going to be the number one defender, kind of like Isaac Van was. You know, Coach Rhodes always put him on the best player. They, he put him on the guy that he needed to defend the most. We still don't really know who that is for this VCU team there this year. Yeah, we don't. And that's something to keep your eye on throughout these first couple of games out there in South Dakota, seeing who's going to be that guy to lead the defense. I mean, defense is the number one priority here at VCU. That's the thing that VCU prides itself on, the havoc defense. If you don't play defense, Coach Rhodes is going to take you off the court. It's that right. simple. you got to get back, play defense, and get out there and really just hustle back if you turn the ball over, if the other team's starting to come back down the court. But, Ben, they play against Utah State, who, you know, that we already talked about they lost Sam Merrill. They've got Nemi Esquita. They've got Justin Bean, but they also have a guy who's got a national championship ring. Right. Marco Anthony, he transferred from UVA, and, you know, I don't know how he's going to look. There's a reason that he transferred from UVA. He didn't play too much there, but he did help them win that national title, and he is supposed to make a big impact quickly for Utah State. He sat out last year, and this is a guy that they're hoping is going to come off the bench and make a big impact for them now you're just hoping that vcu will be able to shut them down i really think though noah um if you're able to shut down kata and being early on in the game guys like marco anthony hopefully won't be too much of a problem but that is a very very big if yeah for the first game of the year utah state favored by four points the over under set at 137 so i don't know the betters are favoring Utah State here, but VCU, a young team, not expected to win their first game of the year. They can, yeah. They'll play again tomorrow against either West Virginia or South Dakota State, depending on the outcome of tonight's game against Utah State. Yeah, not expected is an understatement, being ranked ninth in the A-10. I know the guys were were not very happy about that ranking. And, you know, it's it's been pretty interesting to watch how the rankings have kind of fluctuated the past few years here. Um, you know, I remember two years ago, the year before they were ranked uh, to win the A-10, um, two years ago, they were in a very similar position where they were ranked in the back half of the Atlantic 10, and they were pissed. And then they made the NCAA tournament. And then we saw last year when they were ranked to, to do a lot better than that. And they didn't exactly live up to expectations. I know the tournament was cut off early, but it was very unlikely that that team was going to make it um, that year. Now this year, another year where they're not expected to do well. So you have to kind of think, are these guys going to defy expectations? Yeah, expectations are generally high in Richmond, the team that has made the national tur the NCAA tournament perennially pretty much every year for the last 10 or 12 years. But, I mean, VCU will get set to play Utah State tonight. But, Ben, who what what is your prediction for that starting five when they take a floor at 930 on ESPN2 against the Aggies? This is the question that I have uh, been thinking about a lot, and I still don't even want to answer it, in all honesty. Um, obviously, we're going to see Corey Douglas and Bones. Those are your top two guys. Uh, Corey Douglas is the senior leader. He's He has the most experience on, on this VCU roster in a VCU jersey. Um, 
So he is the leader. You're going to see him out there. Bones, arguably, or, you know, unarguably, your best player as well. Now, who are going to be the other three guys that, that fill you in? In my opinion, I think we're going to see uh, Levi Stockard get a start tonight. I think he is going to be one of those guys that is able um, – he, he's new. I know he's the transfer, but I think he is a guy that Rhodes is hoping is going to make a big impact quickly. Uh, he's six foot eight and the most experienced outside of ECU Jersey on this roster as well. Also, Vince Williams, he's been dealing with injuries as well. I think we can see him, uh, you know, as well in the three potentially. Uh, and I think that um, he needs to have a much bigger season than he did have last year, uh, you know, dealing with some on and off the court issues. I think now um, this is his season to kind of step up and show, you know, um, you know, why he thinks that he should still be part of that starting lineup as well. And then fifth, Man, fifth is the is the hard one, Noah. That that is that is the difficult one as well. Uh, we could see a lot uh, a lot of guys kind of transfer out, and I know I'm kind of going out of order here. Um, but who is going to be in that starting lineup as well? You know, I think we can see all year long. Um, you know, throughout the season, Brendan Medley Bacon might be a guy that transfers in and out of there. Keyshawn Curry as well is a guy who's definitely going to get some starts. Um, I don't think that we're going to go in the season with a set starting lineup. I think after game two, uh, we might see a different variation of what that lineup looks like because of how young this team is um, with so many freshmen and, and, and sophomores. Uh, so you're going to see so many changes but I think that um, for game one, we can definitely expect Bones, Corey Douglas, Vince Williams, and Levi Stockard, at least for the four guys. And then in that fifth spot, um, still a big question mark there. Well, you know, I'll give my opinion on this. I'll go straight down the order for starting at point guard, going all the way to the five. Starting at point guard, I think tonight, Ace Baldwin, the freshman, I think he's going to start his first game as a freshman, the six foot, 190 pound guard out of Baltimore, Maryland. Then I think they put Bones at the shooting guard position. Then they give uh, Keyshawn Curry to start the three, Corey Douglas to start the four, and then Levi Stockard at the five. I mean, Ace and Bones, they have a connection unlike any other player on this team. These are the guys I wrote a story about recently in the Commonwealth Times. Recommend if you haven't read it yet. Go read it. It's it's a good read. I mean, Ace and Bones, they have known each other for a while throughout high school. They've really gotten close. And Ace and Bones were telling me both that Bones is basically like, dude, when I'm on the court with Ace, it's different. He's like, all of a sudden I look up and Ace is right where I think he's going to be. These guys like to play with each other. They're going to play with each other on the court. And it's a backcourt that might have the best nicknames in the uh, country as well with Ace Baldwin and Bones Island. Yeah, and I think that is a... You know, very bold take as well. I, I really want to see Ace Baldwin get some starting time as too. But in the first game, you know, uh, I just feel like Coach Rhodes is going to go with some type of experience there. That's why I think it might be, you know, Keyshawn Curry. Um, and, you know, down the line, who's ever playing better, Keyshawn or Trey Clark, might be switching out there. Bones did, uh, Coach Rhodes did say that Bones would be playing on and off the ball a lot. So, yeah, you're going to have a lot of um, uh, changes in that one and two spot. But, you know, Ace Baldwin, he is a guy, a freshman. I think we will see him start later in the season. But as of now, for game one, personally, I think it is going to be a guy with a little bit more experience. Keyshawn Curry going into his junior year. I think for me, that might be the safe pick. Yeah, we'll see what Coach Rhodes likes to put out there. We do know one thing, the starting lineup will be out there, but it will be rotating 
throughout the game a team that right. likes to substitute a lot. They'll play anywhere from 10 to all 14 players in the roster. It all depends on how the game is going, how guys are shooting, what the deal is. But no guy really is on the court for that long. There's always rotating. Sometimes like a hockey line change. You'll see four guys sitting at the scorer's table waiting to come in. But if VCU gets past Utah State and West Virginia handles business against South Dakota State, they'll square off the number 15 in the country, West Virginia, tomorrow night if that happens. Yeah, that would be a big game for VCU. Number 15, a super young team against now a nationally ranked team. Uh, you know, Bob Huggins in West Virginia, they're always a very, uh, you know, well-renowned program. I think that um, you just kind of, when you watch a game like that, you're obviously going to hope that VCU, uh, you know, plays up to West Virginia, that they're going to make it a very competitive game. But I think you have to look a little bit more to the specifics there. How are the freshmen going to handle themselves against a team that is probably going to be in the NCAA tournament? You know, how are some of your seniors going to, you know, imp- you know impose their veteran leadership as well? Uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of things to look for in games like that, even if you don't necessarily pull out a win, which I know a lot of people would be disappointed, are going to be disappointed if VCU does not win. But you know, you have to recognize, once again, you're playing number 15 West Virginia very early on in the season, you know, potentially your second game of the season. So there are a lot of other wins to look for in a game like that. Yeah, it'll be a very good litmus test early on if they can play a nationally ranked West Virginia Mountaineers team in South Dakota. Ben, last question we've got for the pod today. The rest of the season, what is your take on it with COVID-19 and everything going around? Yeah, so I think VCU handled the first adversity of the season extremely well. You know, it took less than 12 hours practically for uh, VCU to join a very well-known tournament, a tournament that is very well-respected with teams that are, you know, very good. And that gives me a lot of hope for at least the rest of this non-conference schedule, if teams are going to be canceling, it's not. It's probably not just going to be only your team that cancels. There are going to be tons of other teams across the nations that across the nation that is going to be dealing with very similar, you know, positive. Te- they're going to all have positive tests at some point, and in that case, that means the team that was facing them now also has an open spot in their schedule. And you have to hope that they're going to be, you know, fairly close, hopefully, you know, on the East Coast for for VCU. And, you know, that gives opportunity to make up when a game gets canceled. You can fill in your schedule and it might not be who you originally hoped or originally planned for. But at least now you have a, a game to go, you know, on your schedule and in your record as well. When we get to conference play 810, it's a little harder because you need those. You can only play, you know, you know, in your conference as well. So that might take a little more patience from VCU to wait for, you know, those teams to stop showing up positive results. You might have to wait a few more days uh, for that team to quarantine before you can play. And it might, um, you know, hold a brief brief pause in your schedule, or you're going to have to come back to those games later in the year. Overall, I think that this is something that is doable for college basketball. I think that they are handling it well. I have a lot of hope for it. And now all we can do is just kind of sit here and hope for the best that no one, um, you know, gets sick. Yeah, VCU had one positive test in July. Not a player on the team, but someone associated with the team, Mike Rhodes said. And, you know, he told me uh, over the summer that coaches were coming to Mike Rhodes and saying, what are you guys doing at VCU? 
that is so effective with COVID. And he basically was just giving him the secrets, I guess, of figuring out like wearing a mask, being safe on the court. Mike Rhodes sporting that little uh, Andy Reid-style uh, face mask. But we'll see if he pulls that one out tonight on the sideline. We do know um, from the press conference this week, Coach Rhodes was talking about different things about COVID protocols during a game. But one of the things is it sounds like when a player gets substituted off, they'll get to the bench, they'll put a mask on. They come up, then they go. They take their mask off when they get on the floor. So it sounds like a lot of mask wearing on the bench for the players, not only just the players, but everybody over there as well, the coaches, the assistants, everyone that made the trip to South Dakota. Yeah, I you know, I think that, um, you know, at this point on, you just have to, once again, just, you know, hope for the best at this point. You know, I saw yesterday they all took their COVID tests as soon as they got off the plane. Everyone was good to go. They had no positive tests. So that's the best news you can hope for in a situation like this. And you have to hope that will continue for the rest of the year. They've done such a good job of it, like you said, uh, nothing since June. And, you know, Coach Rhodes knows what he's doing in, in this scenario. He said he's very strict when, when, when it comes to outside the practice facility. All of his guys are wearing masks, you know, following the right sanitation protocols. He's very strict when it comes to that. So at this point, you just have to trust that the coaches know how they're handling the situation and keeping the guys safe and ready for game day. Yeah, he's strict, but he said the players are all in on it. They know if they do their part, they'll be able to play. If they don't, then the team won't be able to play a game. It's that simple. But that does it for this first edition of the Ram Report, the 2020-2021 campaign. We'll be back next week. We'll preview the Penn State game and a few other games as well. I'm Noah Fleischman. That was Ben Malikoff, and we'll listen back here, same time, same place, next week.